Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. I know a ghost story or two. Let's do this. <laughs> Bryce, it what? just sounds like you're fucking during this. Song. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Every oh, episode yeah. gets It's a little corny, you know, but I don't mind it. I don't think it is to anybody but you. But I'm, you. I mean, it literally is gets me hot. Pete Gardner doing a Sasquatch voice. <laughs> yeah, it gets, gets exactly. me hot. Bro. You are now legit gyrating your hips in your sofa. I see our guests like really trying to reach without bumping the mic. Very professional. We'll bring him in in just a moment, but yeah. uh, we're going to start this show off with a new... T- a new new segment that we like to call Bryce has a dream he wants to share with oh, us. I thought you were going to say Bryce's banter. <laughs> no, so our, our guest who you'll meet here in a second, he was commenting on all Riley's guitars and I was like, I used to have this dream where I would play the the Top Gun anthem on stage with an electric guitar and I was like <laughs> I was like I got to accomplish that. That'd be like a bucket list thing. You're like, talking about Highway to the Danger Zone? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah something like that. I thought you were talking about the Take My Breath Away. Oh no, that is that one. Yeah. yeah, yeah Take yeah. My Breath Away. It's a different I would do any one That's of those. That's the Kelly McGill yeah. McGillis? McGillis. Uh, Kelly McGillis. McGinn- yeah. McGillis? Yeah. McGinnis? <laughs> no. Kelly McGillis. <laughs> when I was a little kid, that yeah. song, The Highway to the Danger Zone from yeah. Top Gun, if my parents would play that, no matter what I was doing, I would drop what I was doing and run into the room <laughs> and just do this like spastic oh, no little, little dance. I think you've have... shared that story on. That's how it's... long we've been doing the wow, podcast. Been... Oh, God. Dude, I'm repeating myself. That soundtrack. About my oh, I've thing. done it a million times. <laughs> that soundtrack used to help me get through flying alone because as I was just discussing, I'd fly back when I was. As a kid after my parents divorce i'd fly back to reno and it was just me and my older brother on a flight i was pretty scared of planes but i just pop in the uh top gun soundtrack and i'd be like oh think of tom cruise taking off by the way have Bryce, you that's seen actually the really new... sad <laughs> that <laughs> thank, you. That you just... thank you very much i feel for it. what have was you... the dream bryce oh the dream so it was like all my friends would be in the audience be like, oh, what's bryce doing with that guitar and then i just and i just start you wailed on it? Wail on it, and, they'd, and I'd be like, ah, the crowd would go wild. I had this very intense dream last night that was like a very quiet, almost Eastern European independent film about <laughs> where I was a middle-aged woman who <laughs> was... Okay. Like it. Who was... I was like in my like mid to late 50s, and I came to my sister's place to paint a portrait of her, and she had another elderly man there that was painting her apartment all these weird colors, and I made the choice to paint him instead of my sister. Oh. And it was like wow. it was like a kitchen sink indie drama. And I wow. I woke up uh and I was like, What the fuck was that? And I was like, I think I just wrote and directed like a an a, a, at least a Sundance movie. <laughs> like, at least gets accepted to Sundance. It's pretty, uh, yeah. Sounds... It, it was very, I mean, I literally think it was shot in 35 millimeter. Um, oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen. Yes, let's bring our guest We in. have an actor with us today. He's a neighbor of mine. Uh, I know you've seen him in something because he's been in a goddamn million things. Yep. Uh, you've seen him in... You might remember him from Greek. You've seen him recently in The Path, The Last Ship, and The Hot Zone. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Paul James. 
What's up, dude? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good get up man. on that mic, baby. You Closer? Get to, yeah, yeah, get yeah, down right. However Swing you it on. Get, get really Swing close. It on there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I got to make my voice lower. Yeah, exactly. Get that radio yeah, voice. Uh, yeah, how's it going? How you doing? I wish I'd gotten that note on episode one because... Not happening, Paul. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, uh, yeah. Paul and I. Paul, Paul, we're still in Bryce's dream segment. Have you? What was your? What did you dream about last night? I don't remember. I don't remember my dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, really I, well. that feels like a cop out to me. I no, I, 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 I had a weird dream. Like this is a weird story. I had a weird dream like a week ago. Great. We'll take. Here's what? a new segment called Paul's Weird Dream a week ago. <laughs> a week ago. It's like the only dream I remembered, and it was like I was in this park next to this pitcher named Noah Syndergaard. Who's on the Mets? Oh kind yeah, of looks like okay. Thor. Okay, we were hanging out as we do in my dreams, and uh, there there were like these wolves that kept running in, and everyone <laughs> this like is good people started congregating. <laughs> it doesn't end well. <laughs> people start congregating, and um, everyone's like, "Oh, look at the wolves! Look at the wolves!" And they were kind of freaking me out. And then next thing I knew, there was like all these white wolves, but they were dead, like in a in like a like a rock wall. Whoa. You know, like in England, like those rock walls, yeah. there was like white dead wolves. And I was freaking like out. Like the Dover Whoa. cliffs? The cliffs yes. of Dover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. The chalky? Exactly. And then everyone was like looking around and there was more and more dead white wolves. And then like, this fox came. I was like, ah, oh, look at that fox. And he started attacking me. And then I woke up. And then I learned that one of my friends had passed away. Oh my so God. it's really, it's a really Whoa, dark really? dream. Yeah. yeah. I mean, an acquaintance passed away. Right. But I like feel like I dreamed that in in one in some weird way. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah. So like connections of dreams to people that are passing and how that there seems to be some sort of thing that happens there. Yeah, dreams can foreshadow uh real life events that happen. I'm pulling up the, the... That is a strange dream. A lot of symbolism uh yeah. in that dream. Yeah. White wolves, dark wolves, fox, fox. Uh, Thor pa- baseball pitcher. Um, Very strange. During sleep, it is not uncommon to dream of wolves. A wolf symbolizes the guardian of our life. Mm. Um, I mean, this is just off the cuff. And also, this does have an uh, image of a woman dressed as a wolf on this. So maybe oh. this is a furry website. I'm going to back up. Dream dictionary. Oh, wow. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your loss. Yeah. No, that's it's crazy. fine. It's just uh, that's the last dream I remember. And then I was kind of like, I'm done with remembering dreams for a while. So wow. why don't you, um, yeah, What did you? do you have dreams from a kid, that, uh, when you were a kid that you remember? Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Any yeah. recurring nightmares? No, I don't have any re- I don't have any recurring nightmares. I didn't really have a lot of nightmares growing up. My dad was like a secret service agent. I swear. He guarded the president yeah. and your dreams. Well, so like I just I remember always sleeping really well, like as a kid, being oh, like, right, no one's gonna course. fuck with us. Yeah, you know, my so dad's cool. got guns. Oh yeah. Dude, but, who who did your dad serve under? Um uh, LBJ. Whoa. Whoa. And then he retired in like ninety nine or ninety eight. Oh, so he was like uh he was there for thirty years. Clinton. And yeah, but by that time he oh, was, so he was higher up. He was higher up Got by that it. time. Do okay. you know what I mean? He wasn't. He like, wasn't like taking bullets for the president. No, no, he was like in charge of the Dude, security division. Secret Service. That's All wild. right, this is yeah, insane. Right? Crazy. I, I mean, I'm throwing my phone out the window. Fuck Wolf Dreams. Let's talk about <laughs> what can you tell us about the Secret Service? Uh, not well, much. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> it's actually not secret. That's like a misnomer. So anyone can know that you're in the Secret Service. Why is it called the Secret Service? I don't know. You know? I don't know. There's two branches, though. There's the uniform division where you don't have to have uh, a degree. And then there's like, if you're an actual agent, 
this is what I believe to be true. You have to have a degree. Like Mulder or something. Yeah, you know, he was yeah. with the FBI. Do they like call somebody him special who agent? The, yeah, special agent in charge. Right. But like if you're the uniform division, those those are the ones you see like guarding like the White House and they can only go so high, I Got believe. It. And you used to have to have perfect eyesight, but now I think you can get LASIK, but you can't wear glasses to be in Secret Service. So pilots oh, wow. and okay. Secret Service right. yeah, gotta have yeah. 2020. And there's only like, you know, in the late 90s, there were only like three, 4,000 of them. Like it's a smaller branch of, smaller form of Incredible. law enforcement. Imagine the guy who doesn't have 2020 vision, but he's applying for the Secret Service. He's like, no, but I have great taste buds. My sense of taste <laughs> right, is amazing. Right. I can taste the matter. poison miles away. <laughs> yeah. Um, so don't like, quote me on any of that information. Um, Sounds that legit. is a uh, blanket all... statement <laughs> okay. for, for the whole all 79 now episodes of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Don't 79? Worry I think this is 78. I think oh, we're yeah, we're getting up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, by the way, the um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, their weird numbering system is really, it's like off by 20 episodes. I don't know why this huh. is going to say it's episode 96. It's not. This is BCC. Maybe we should still celebrate an Apple 100. No, 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 no. We're going to make it. What are you saying? Are you? No, I'm saying we celebrate two different 100 episodes. Preemptively. Preemptively. So what, did you ever get to visit the White House when All you were a kid? All the time. Seriously? Oh, yeah. How many presidents have you met? Oh gosh, uh, that answer that I don't have an answer to because I wasn't paying attention as a child. But I did not. Do you have <laughs> any? So answer. we've learned two things about Paul James so far: a he can't remember his dreams, <laughs> or all the presidents. <laughs> I don't think. I mean, we would go to the White House a lot. Like we would go to Christmas parties, and um, that's wild. Um, and and we would always take people there when they were visiting. You know, when they were visiting us, we would always go there. But right, I was right. never interested in it until I like. My, one of my my friends from college, my friends from growing up, worked for the White House. He was like associate counsel for Obama, and then he took me on a tour, and I was like, "This is so cool!" Right? right. Even though I've I'd already been, been here, here eighteen times, times wow. before, but now like I've seen the West Wing, so I'm like, "Oh, that's where CJ comes out of." You know? Oh wow! Yeah, 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 totally. So do do you remember meeting at president? I don't think I do. I don't okay. think I. That's I fair. I don't think we now did, I'm starting to like, think you're like the kid that lived down the street from me who said that he had all the Thundercats toys. Oh, I did. And then what? Okay, you are <laughs> every single one. Okay, Dublin well, Jazz. Awesome. even when they had like the third season and it was yeah, like with the cousins Kumaira and, and like all those right. yeah. links, the links guy, and yeah. yeah, had them all. See, that's nice. when I dropped off. I thought Chitar oh. was hot. So I had <laughs> she was still yeah, also in that first, in the first episode, they're all naked. And we forgot that Lionel is a child that is mutated quickly yes, into a right? grown man after they like crash or something. But if you go back and watch the first episode, and I suggest you do, they're all naked, but with like Barbie doll parts. <laughs> okay. um, awesome. But this kid said that he had all the Thundercats toys, and he invited me to come over and play in his house because I wanted to get my hands with some toys. And... When I got there, he had no Thundercats toys. Oh. He said he left them all at his grandma's. When I came back oh. the second time, and there were still no Thundercats toys there, I was like, I'm being duped. Right. It's like a Canadian girlfriend or something. She lives in Canada. Right. <laughs> um, so did you have all the Thundercats I toys? had all the Thundercats. I feel like I've met a president, but I don't. I, I feel like I need... <laughs> I don't want to. I want to cross check. I, I feel I like it. we've all met the current president. I want to cross check with my sister and my mom. Yeah. You know, dude, it's um, cool. A that's listen, wild. your dad was in the Secret Service and you're in the White House. Unless your dad was a total con man, no, who like <laughs> pretended to be working in the Secret no, Service. No, we've got like literally. They give you. I have, there's so many plaques 
my dad passed away a while ago, but there's all these like plaques and like sharpshooter and you know. Does your dad legion in charge of this? And, does your dad have like a wall? Uh, did he have a wall of photographs of all uh, the famous no, world leaders he met? He did not. But when he died, I went through all the photographs, and there's pictures of him with like Yasser Arafat, wow. Hillary Clinton. He was really close with like uh, Dan Quayle's wife because he guarded. That was like maybe his last detail. Yeah, yeah. Then that was that tracks. Yeah. Then there's also you know the Secret Service is under the Department of Treasury. Counterfeit money. So that he he was an undercover agent. He found a bag of just thousands, <laughs> no, no, counterfeit thousands. He would tell me stories about like you know going undercover and saying like you know I can't wait to go on vacation and like the guys are supposed to come in and they didn't come in and he keeps just like oh, I can't wait to go to Florida, go on vacation and people you know and then they Walt come in Disney and like, World, <laughs> you, know, you know Epcot. Wow. Seriously, wow. So yeah, that's so cool, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah. Paul and I are neighbors. We we used to run to, run into one another walking dogs. Yeah. And uh so are you from you're from DC? I'm from DC. It was always funny too because you know when you have a dog and you're in a rush but you have to walk your dog. Yeah. Like yeah. the worst thing to do is like to have to see people that you know. Yeah. Oh. And and I you're always really good about like being like, Hey, how you doing? And like sort of walking across the street. Because I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I know, like, we gotta walk really, like, I gotta get out of here. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. talk to you later. Uh, I just always thought that was funny. Um, all right, guys. Uh, before we get into the real show here, we have some basic news. That always it's scares the guests. They're like, "What are they doing? What the fuck?" <laughs> I forgot who's going first. I'll go first this week. Sure. Um, we have our latest. Raid on Area 51 update. Let's Paul, see them. Aliens. Are you up to date on the raid on Area 51? I think I'm a little behind. Okay, okay. so for the this story, we'll talk about it. Okay, okay. so I'm just going to read this from Time.com. Oh, it's making from way a couple up. Wow. days ago. Rural Nevada unprepared for big storm Area 51 turnout. <laughs> Las Vegas. This is by the Associated Press, by the way. At first, the co-owner of the quirky alien-themed motel down a Nevada highway from the mysterious Area 51 site didn't take a posting for a prank Facebook event too seriously. Then her phone started ringing. Oh, snap. It doesn't stop. Our phone won't stop ringing, Connie West of the Little Alien, a BCC favorite uh, 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 landmark, Told, what if that said that in the actual uh, article? (laughs) Told the Las Vegas Sun, the 10-room motel is one of a few few businesses in Rachel, a town of 54 residents now gaining celebrity status among aviation and UFO enthusiasts attracted by the posting about a September 20th event dubbed Storm Area 51. More than 1 million people have responded to the internet post calling for people to Naruto run at 3 a.m., I didn't realize it was Great at 3 a.m. in the morning. That's awesome. Into, that's when all the aliens, I mean, that's, that's when the aliens are awake. Out. That's their yeah. lunchtime. Prime Into time. the remote USO Air Force test area in the Nevada desert that has long been the focus of UFO conspiracy theories. The face forward, arms back running style is favored by the characters <laughs> in the anime series Naruto. <laughs> they can't stop us all, the post jokes. Let's see them aliens. Of course, the military is warning people not to try to enter the once top secret Cold War site, which is posted and patrolled as part of the Nevada test and training range, as we talked about last week. Um, and 
West, Connie, is apprehensive about what might happen if big crowds arrive. <laughs> it's a little scary to think that many people could descend on a town of 54, she said. That's your best, Connie. Come on. Yeah, How can you prepare? <laughs> I'm just not prepared. Well, I didn't want to go too far. Uh, well, I live in Pahrump. <laughs> Rachel. 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 Oh, Rachel, Rachel Nevada. Nevada. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> These, Connie, pro- these, you know, you're I always trying confused. to bring Pahrumpf, Nevada, into everything. <laughs> Down the state highway 375, dubbed the extraterrestrial highway, Linda Looney at, at the Alien Research Center <laughs> okay. gift shop and campsite told the Sun she also was concerned about the effect of the Facebook post. I don't think it's just a passing fancy, she said. Lincoln County Sheriff, now my my, uh, BCC voice is just George Norrie. Lincoln County Sheriff Kerry Lee said that he doesn't expect many people to actually show up. And County Spokesman Beth Rowley tallied 184 hotel rooms in the country. But Lee said 500 or 1,000 sun visitors could create traffic, parking, congestion, uh, all sorts of issues oh, in the no, jurisdiction with 26 sworn sheriff's deputies and about 5,200 permanent residents, mostly in rural towns. Uh, I think they started out as a joke, but there may be enough people taking it seriously and it could become a problem, the sheriff said. Sheriff. Someone is going to get hurt and people may go to jail. It's not anything to joke about. <laughs> okay. So, okay, guys. Right. Uh, we'll see what's going to happen. I think it's going to be, a, a, like I said, a real clusterfuck and disappointment. Something's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I think disappointment <clears throat> is, is in the in the. I cards. mean, needless to say, there are no aliens there. And also, I still think it's a joke. Dude, it's going to be the hottest rave of the year, man. I always get, every time I think about doing something like that, you know, I'm like, oh, it'd be fun to just, like, have fun and go there. I always think about that woman in Independence Day who, like, ah, remember that, like, do you remember, like, triggering yeah. things when you're a child? She's, like, waiting for them, and then they come, and she looks, and they kill her. They, they, she's the first one to die. She's the first yeah. one to die. And, like, ever, I always think about that. Like, I will never not. It's like when Emilio Estevez dies in the in Mission Impossible 1, and he looks up, and the things come down. It's yeah. like, I had nightmares about that moment you're too. very scared of things that might be over your head Just coming down, come down you know? and shoot you like, or crash on your head i mean with with reason uh bryce riley what's your take on this whole area 51 thing at this point oh man i think it's gonna i i am so interested as to see what what pans out i think it's gonna be a huge fucking party man uh you know i think it's gonna go down for really sure. yeah i think it's gonna be a bunch of people showing up not knowing what to do and uh, unorganized i think it's gonna be that too i think it's gonna be woodstock two times (laughs) minus a thousand yeah it takes a lot to actually organize a festival and i I feel like if a bunch of people just show up it's just gonna be a disaster Uh, right well it's not really a festival yet they 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 can sure use a headline i think there's gonna be (laughs) nevada sheriff's department blocking roads and only letting residents through and there's gonna be you know the thing is it's not like this is you know, I want to speak graciously of our community, but these are a bunch of nerds. It's not going to be like <laughs> yeah. people who are like 1969 hippies are going to be like, cool, we'll just let the party happen here. I think it's going to be, if anything, like us, like the traffic going into San Diego Comic-Con, except there's no San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know, man. 
I will tell. You know what it's going to take is some corporate <clears throat> sponsor is going to have to step up. Budweiser already started making uh, yeah. making logo Bud cans for well, the for aliens that came out. They're yeah. going to have to do like some side event like near Rachel to to distract and bring everyone there. Yeah, and then maybe do some like tours. But I just hope it, to be made. Yeah, for sure. You guys, should, you guys could do something. We don't have that pull or budget. I mean, or I can check the Patreon yeah. account, but I'm gonna tell you, <laughs> we're throwing a festival. <laughs> yeah. It's going get down. Some tents, you know, get yeah. some friends. Yeah, we can get some of those FEMA camp igloos <laughs> exactly. if they had a fire festival. Totally. Yeah. Throw fire those festival. up. Um, yeah, if, it's gonna be interesting if somebody steps in to do could like, like a yearly festival, you know. True, but it's again nerds, nerds. There's yeah. no band showing up at this thing. All I can think of is hot alien rave chicks. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm telling you. Of course, I know course. that's all you can think about. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. All right, fine. all right, Bryce. What do you have for us today? Okay, well, uh, let's see. Following up with uh, Tom DeLonge after his show Unidentified finished airing on History. Are you familiar with all this? I know Tom DeLonge left Blink One Eighty Two to yeah. look for aliens. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. He started, he started to uh, the Stars mm-hmm. Academy. Yep, and they uh, they they released some uh, some military videos. Videos of uh, of these of these what appear to be UFOs or what they call them UAPs unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, they got a lot of traction and media has been really kind of taking to this story. Anyway, uh, now that the show has ended, they've come out with uh, with a new headline that uh, you know Tom DeLonge is uh, they are examining some of this meta meta material, uh, some of this alien m- metallurgy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> basically, alien metals. I'm, I just want to say, Bryce, I'm yeah. really scared that our relationship is kind of the point where you look at me a little nervous about what I'm going to say as you say that <laughs> sentence. You look at uh, like, uh, alien metals. this check out? Right? Motherboard reports, uh, for 70 years, the UFO community has been engaged in active debate regarding physical debris from unidentified flying objects. But the general public got a true taste of that in 2017 when the New York Times ran an article about a secret Pentagon UFO program. The article tantalizingly noted that aerospace billionaire Robert Bigelow, whose interest in UFOs is no secret, modified buildings to house, quote, metal alloys and other materials that allegedly had been recovered from unidentified Aerial phenomenon. Robert Bigelow, a.k.a. Boring yeah. Tony Stark. Well, <laughs> now, this is what really caught my attention in the article is like if they have something that they can actually test. I mean, this is big news, you know. Uh, it, it really places a physical marker on the phenomenon of, uh, of UFOs. Yeah. Bryce, uh, so, always hopeful that tiny metal is going to prove the existence of aliens. Well, you know, all it, took was start. A, all it took was a tiny tooth found in a China gift shop to... Uh, to reveal the existence of Gigantopithecus, which was a thought-to-be-extinct large primate in Eastern Asia. So uh, the smallest piece of evidence can really, you know, blow a story wide well, open. Well, wait a minute. That's good, still extinct. That's a good call. Yeah, it's still extinct. but, it, but proved what, it existed proved it in the first place. It proved that it existed from yeah. just a tiny okay, piece of evidence. Okay, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. The, story, uh, the uh, article goes on to say, these alien alloys quickly became the topic of great intrigue. DeLong's To the Stars Academy, a UFO research outfit that may or may not be broke, said that it has recently <laughs> acquired some metamaterials, though it's not clear whether they are the same ones referenced in the New York Times article. 
Quote, uh, the structure and composition of these materials are not from any known existing military or commercial application, Steve Justice said from To The Stars Academy. Uh, he's a former head of advanced systems at Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, so a guy knows what he's talking about. They've been collected from sources with variety levels of chain of custody documentation, so we are focusing on verifiable facts and working to develop independent scientific proof of the materials. It's going to be a real bummer when they find out it's just some old, it's old Rancher McClanahan hands toy train <laughs> set that he's broken up and buried out that's in the desert. my old toy train <laughs> what is lockheed martin skunk works that's that, a that's a private uh, uh a defense contracting company that that developed the sr-71 and blackbird but, do you know where the skunk comes from but what's this i know lockheed martin oh. that's, all, that's, all, that's all around dc oh, but so the skunk works skunk works skunk, is yeah. jeff skunk baxter from the doobie brothers of all things yes fact Wow. He got into defense contracting and is now like, wow, yeah, isn't that crazy? That is fascinating. I know, right? I heard that and I was like, wait, what was what he now? smoking? Wow, <laughs> something, something, alien, right. well, <laughs> metal, alien yeah. metal weed. Well, it was their secretive division of uh, of Lockheed Martin. Skunk so Works their... usually means something that's like black book, like no, not on the. Yeah, yeah. Was... Your dad um, ta- taught me that. He didn't. Uh, <laughs> when I met I'm President Bill Clinton <laughs> at the uh, 1994 works. Easter Day celebration of the White House. Egg rolling, but uh, it's very interesting. I mean, what would that mean for uh, for UFO if they proved that uh, this thing it did not get made here on planet not Earth? Not gonna happen, yeah. and we're not gonna hear about it. it it's just gonna Aww. come back inconclusive. We're Aww. not gonna hear about it. Wait, here's my question, yeah. though. So if we're like, yeah, this metal came from space, like, mm-hmm. didn't all the metal come from space? Right. Well, this is right? so apparently this 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 alloy is is micro layered uh, with bismuth and other exotic materials. So there's like. There, you can so see it a picture. It appears to be it. manufactured. Is that the? It's yeah, not that's a natural... right. That's right. Oh, okay, it, it's, gotcha, it's manufactured, gotcha. and and it seems to be compressed. There's all these really intricate um, micro layers, or they're calling them, of these composite metals that really don't go together. And it could so. have been. An, it can't be like an asteroid or anything like that. No, no. This is the... definitely what you know, uh, manufactured, uh, but probably not by, by Pepsi human hands. Cola Company <laughs> in 1970. We really turned him into a skeptic. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this. I'm intrigued. I want to know more. I I guess, Bryce, what I'm saying about it is I feel like this is a story we've heard on every single, like, UFO show forever is, like, some mysterious metal is found and they test it. And they're like, I don't know. And then we never never hear this. This isn't just, I mean... Well, it's it the same BCC thing with Bigfoot new- hairs, too, right? Yeah. They like yeah, find yeah. those, and they're like, well, it's part human and part primate, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is just another one of those. So yeah. um, it's interesting. And, and I, that's why we have to go to Area 51 on September 20th. You're going to not show up to you record need to that week. <laughs> do we have to go there and do a special report? I think the people want it. Let, well, us, let us know, guys. Yeah. Should, do All we right. have to go? Send us oh, an email. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, more with our special guest, Paul James. Sweet. So, Paul, we yeah. like to ask our guests, what is your personal paranormal history? Have you ever encountered anything weird, strange, something in the bump of the night, a bump in the night that you couldn't explain, some strange thing from the sky that might fall on you and hurt you? Ever seen a UFO? Yeah, well, 
So, I mean, going back to my dad, after he passed away, there was a lot of weird stuff that happened in the house. Okay. okay. Right? Like, lots of lights flickering on and off. How long ago did your father pass away? Uh, 2004. Okay. So this is, like, right after 2004. I remember me and my sister were sitting in, um, <clears throat> I was in the living room, she was in the kitchen. It was sort of like a half wall, and we're just watching TV, and the volume went all the way up. And I turned to her to tell her to stop turning the volume on, and she looked at me, and we like both looked at the remote. And just kept going like up and down. Whoa, whoa. Ever wow. since then, where I, was the remote? It was like on the coffee table. I was whoa. sitting on a couch. My sister was in the kitchen. Better yet, how whoa. how if you don't mind my asking, how far along after your father passed did these occurrences? This take was place? like th- th- in the in in the week and a half after because I was yeah. still yeah. in. I was still there because there seems to be in a lot of these stories that we hear like this. There's this small window of opportunity for. Uh, that takes place right after, you know, yeah, the right. usually the things one. like this yeah. happen within <clears throat> right. three days to a week of mm-hmm. this stuff going. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Passing. But my, I, so I haven't experienced anything besides that, but my mom has experienced a lot of weird stuff. Really? Yeah. There's, there's a picture somewhere. I wish I, I really should have been prepared. There's a picture of like these weird lights that were in her bedroom once. Like oh, wow. orbs. orbs. Like, yes, they were, but there was like a lot of little, of like a lot of little ones and she took a picture and you can see it clear as day. Oh wow! And it's um, so she could see it at the time. And she could then see took it at the time and was like, "What? What's happening?" And took a picture of it. So it's not like dust oh. particles reflecting. No, light from the no, lens. no. Like it looks like something more than that. Was Strange. there range? What's the circumstances surrounding that happening? Was it just, just a random occurrence? Random occurrence. Like nothing was going on that I know of. Huh. How well, like how old are these photos? What was her age? Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> were you born? <laughs> or, my mom's were, age. Well, it was <laughs> <laughs> before try, or after you were born. <laughs> um, no, this was like a couple years ago. Okay, this okay. was like maybe two years ago. Really? Got um, it. Yeah, and she's always, you know, she's my grandmother had like you know old lady sixth sense okay about stuff but i feel like my mom's got some of that too you know like when it comes to what stuff uh god that's i don't have an answer for that but my mom just like knows things i just mm. chalk it up to like you know um you know old women know stuff right um yeah like a weird intuition so i'm not surprised that that happened to my mom right? and you that's never strange. so your grandma your mom is your sister have you ever experienced anything my sister is not open in that way to mm-hmm. like you know what i mean she's great and she's a fantasy writer and you know wonderful but i feel like she is an, a natural sort of skeptic mm-hmm. in general and yet um, she writes fantasy that, i know that's that wild. interesting i mean i don't know i don't want to label my sister as that but i can't I feel like she's the most logical sort of one of, you know, of my family, even though she writes fantasy. Yeah. Right. And what, why, where, if she's skeptic, where do you fall on the spectrum of stuff? Um, I feel like I believe in a lot of things, but try to like, just be respectful and stay out of things way. Right. You know? I like that, yeah. Have I don't you want ever to... been in the situation where you might have had to get out of somebody's way or something's way? Yeah, just I mean, not not like a not like a extraterrestrial or anything like that. But like, if they come, how like, about a chupacabra? I want to <laughs> if they come, I want to be as far away as possible. Right. You know what I mean? I have no interest. Um, yeah, no, because we have people on the show that have been like they, they will be that way too, or or like you know that feeling of when you walk into a place that feels haunted or that there's something, there's a presence there. You know, some people like really. I tend to be like, "Ooh, I want to investigate," and then there are yeah. other people who want to back away from that. Have you like ever been in a house or like, especially like, yeah, I feel like yeah, we filming shot in places? Something. 
I shot something. What? It, I don't even remember what it was. Um, we shot something in an old hospital. And I, That'll do it. And I just can't remember if it was the last ship or if it was the path. And it was terrifying. And uh, there were certain places we couldn't go. I hope this is a true story, not a dream. <laughs> it would be one of the few you remember. So either way. Know, seriously. Um, but yeah, I remember being terrified of it. And I remember shooting once. The, I, the first movie I did, Cry Wolf, we shot somewhere creepy in Virginia, like another old hospital or something like that. Um, and like, I think, I mean, in hospitals, so many people are dying there. So, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. there's some activity, you know, yeah, um, that I don't really want, want a part yeah, that of. That energy stains the walls. Oh, <laughs> poetic. <laughs> yeah, it's, nice. it's uh, oh, thank you. yeah, strange. What are you afraid of? Uh, when gosh. it comes to the supernatural, uh, what am I, f- oh man, what am I afraid of? Is it like an interference from them, or is it like, do you? You, you, you pull away, but is it a fear based pull away, or is it a more you just, just don't want like, to engage? Well, right? it's like I can't. I don't have the tools to come out ahead in that situation. Right, right. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're not Doctor Strange. No, and no, exactly. Right. Like, if there's a bear, like I've read enough books. Like, okay, I can find a bear. Well, I mean, like, I feel like I have a couple clues on like what to do. Yeah. Like, if I like meet a real ghost, like, I, I I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And I guess that makes me uncomfortable, like the not knowing. That makes sense. You know. I don't know. Yeah. So that's why I just like I respect it. You know, if I feel something's like, oh, respectful. You this know? is this is yeah. what my therapist calls the fear of the unknown. Of the unknown. <laughs> it's something that terrifies me every day of my life. And I feel like a lot of actors can relate to. I was reading something which is interesting, which is gonna be contradictory, but you shouldn't fear the unknown because it hasn't happened. So you should like think positively about Oh, that's good. That's right? good. It's potential. There's no reason to fear it because, you know, it, yeah, it should just be potential and opportunity. Yeah. Well, it's like the torture people put themselves when they have a dentist appointment. They do all this like pre-torture in their own in their own mind that doesn't need to take place. And then, you know, once the, once the dentist appointment happens, it's like a quick shot and it's over. And Is this because but, yeah. you had that toothache a couple weeks ago? <clears throat> yeah, that was pretty nasty. But no, but it was a, it's just an analogy that I always was like, God, I used to torture myself before going to the dentist. Yeah. Like weeks before and it was just like, God, all for all for nothing, you know? Love going to the dentist. Really? Yeah, really? I love it. I love it so much. I fall asleep all the time in the what? dentist chair. Wow. Because like the noise and being, you know, I, I like have you ever dentist? had like any Never like major like a cavities yeah, or I've had cavities. I, my front tooth is like dead because from a car accident, so it's like bleached from the inside. And so there's pain associated I've with had the dentist. A, yeah, yeah, but that's it's like but a, you fall asleep. It's like that pain that you just I kind of love that I like love tattoo that. pain. No, I hate tattoo pain. And I have a lot of tattoos, but I hate it. Okay, but de- <laughs> dental pain, dentist, dental pain. It's like it gets me a little. Like, that's wild. Yeah. I don't do know. they oh. just use a local anesthetic, like with a syringe, uh, like a syringe, or do they do gas? Or I, have, I haven't had gas ever before for the dentist, which is messed up. But oh my, man, my two dentists are both female, and they were trying to get pregnant, so then I couldn't get the gas. Oh man, uh, which I don't think is fair. The gas, um, is, <laughs> the but, gas uh, is the best. The gas is the best. That's what everyone says. I remember. I remember. I used to get cavities all the time because I had deep grooves and soft enamel that could be another <laughs> band and soft and, enamel um, is your jazz album that's, <laughs> that's bj and the shadow bats like brief Welcome venture into soft enamel but i always like i every dentist appointment i had a cavity so i was just like fuck i remember the first dentist he's like here 
you want to grab this mirror, see what I'm working on? And I was like, uh, and I couldn't like not grab it. And then he just blood flying out. I'm like, oh, geez. scarred, right? So finally I was like, mom, I can't, I can't take it. And, uh, and, and, she, and they got me the gas. And I remember when that drill started, I felt like an F-14 Tomcat was taken off on the aircraft carrier. And literally, I swear to God, right, the, the Tom, Top Gun came on again. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was flying through the clouds. It was the best. What is happening in your mouth? There's that much blood flying Oh, my God. I know, right? I could not believe that this fucking dentist made me, like, witness the horror that was taking place. You know what? If you have kids, get them the... Um, the enamel, the uh, the 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 liquid enamel that they put on, it's like a gel cap. S- saved my ass. Um, it's just an extra sixty bucks or something. I like that this has just turned into a dental podcast. Yeah. I, also, I don't think I went to that. I grew up weird. I didn't go to the dentist till I was sixteen, so I don't think I ever really had any deep like fear of the dentist. Uh, you didn't have any braces. Like nice. No, you I got didn't. Perfect I, teeth. I had braces. A I had smile. like. Um, uh, Invisalign during oh, okay. during Greek, which was supposed to be a year, but it took two and a half years because I kept throwing them away. And <laughs> on accident, always on accident. <laughs> yeah. And then having to I go just back. pictured you being like, "I'm done. No. <laughs> I'm done with this Invisalign." <laughs> so painful. Have you, has anyone ever had that? No. Like, no. Scott Foster, our Scotty, mutual friend and uh, friend Scotty of has the show, has, um, he may not want me announcing that on the podcast, but whatever. <laughs> too late. It's fine. <laughs> Done. Yeah, for like three years. I mean, it's just not. Like, we can always beep out. it out. That's true. Not but, too late. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I had it for like two and a half years. And finally, I was like, and then I, I got the braces inside and they broke. And they're like, you got to get him again. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just recently like just, Freeman. I discovered that I uh, really grind my teeth really bad. And I got to get a mouth guard for sure. Oh, man. Because I have dreams where my teeth are cracking and breaking in my oh. mouth. Because I'm Because you're actually cracking I'm and breaking I'm clenching so hard in, in my sleep. Because in my sleep, that's when the... That's where I'm my most vulnerable. So. Yeah, let that stress. Out, I had buddy. to wear a mouth guard when I did ecstasy because I'd always chip a tooth every time. <laughs> pacifier, <laughs> pacifier. Oh yeah, pacifier. Yeah, do a pacifier. Right. What is it about ecstasy that makes you grind your teeth? I've uh, never done it. I just got that lock jaw. I don't know. You just do. Really? Oh, I could never do it then. You guys, why you got a pacifier? I thought that that's. But I thought ecstasy was supposed to be like ooh, ooey, gooey. Get that lock jaw. But it's like ooh, ooey, gooey. It's it's like, oh, I feel so good. What's next? What's next? Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I can't. That's how I am every day. I should just walk around with a pacifier from oh, now on. Hey, ladies. Uh, <laughs> maybe not. Paul, we yes. have a game we like to play with our guests. It's called Bullshit or Believe It. Mm-hmm. We're going to test how open-minded you really are. So I'm going to go down a list of rapid-fire objects or characters, whatever you want to call them, beings, entities, and you're going to tell me bullshit if you don't believe believe in it, or believe it if you do. And if you're somewhere in between, you got to pick one of those two words, and you can use inflection, and we can always circle back. I can use inflection? Like, you know, <laughs> no, if you're that like, sounded so... Yeah, you can use inflection. <laughs> okay. like, uh, believe it! Yeah, well, yeah that's good. That's great. You can but use that, pace or inflection like, or tone it? of okay. voice. You know, okay, okay. Tone, you know. okay. Use all your actor's tools. Yeah, yes. Everything in your toolbox. <laughs> all right. Ready? Yeah. Set. Ghosts. Believe it! <laughs> UFOs. Bullshit. Bigfoot. Bullshit. Angels. Believe it. Gnomes. Bullshit. Unicorns. Believe it. Shadow. 
Fuck. You're already the most confusing person I've ever met. Shadow people. Uh, don't know what that is, so that's bullshit. But it could be real. Uh, people in the shadows? Like creeping out at you? Shadow Dark entities at night. Oh, I believe that because once I was on shrooms and I saw Paul Bunyan chopping his axe in the shadows. Okay, pause Ooh, this game. Awesome. What now? Pause this game. <laughs> game pause. Tell the story again. First time I ever took shrooms sitting waiting for it to happen nothing's happening nothing's happening then all of a sudden i feel the urge where are you where are syracuse you? syracuse university uh, uh there's a park outside um there's a park right across from where like a lot of the drama houses were uh-huh. and i ran outside and i swear paul bunyan was like chopping wood in the shadows what? and my friend finley like giant paul bunyan no it was like so there's these trees right and it like on the ground in front of me <gasps> were just the shadows and it was clear as day like I mean I don't know if it was Paul Bunyan but a woodsman it would be like as like, if yeah. it Chopping. were Paul Bunyan's shadow yeah and this Whoa. is the first time I've ever streamed in my life and I was like that's definitely happening so I don't know what shadow people are but I know that shadow woodsman I saw was real I'll that's take it crazy. That's, that's a cool story like the only time one. we've ever paused this game so. okay and <laughs> unpause lock, se- lock sets lock ness monster believe it Little gray aliens. Bullshit. Dogman. <laughs> Believe Dude. it. That's yeah, you should. Is. Parallel <laughs> universes. Believe it. The Loveland Frogman. I, I don't know what that is. The Loveland? Loveland, Ohio. It's a frogman that people saw in the like late. 70s, 60s, I want to say. Okay. I got to go back and read. I'm going to say that's the deep bullshit. cut. I'm, I'm like to vote the deep to get cut. him off the deep list. Cut. Mermaids. Uh, believe no, it. No, it's staying on. Heaven. Uh, bullshit. Hell, did you say you believe in mermaids? Yeah. Bullshit. Oh, boy. Hell. Bullshit. Yeti. Believe it. Venusians, a.k.a. hot blondes from Venus. Okay. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> ESP. <laughs> uh, believe it. Chupacabra. Uh, I don't know what that is. You said that before. Devil it's a dog. goat sucker. Goat sucker. <laughs> that, get, you use that you to explain devil Chupacabra. Dog. First of all, Chupacabra is not a devil dog. Sure a devil is. dog is a phantom a dog. Sucker? And those do ex- those are, that's right. another phenomenon. Oh, sorry. A Chupacabra is an entity... Perhaps. Oh, I know about Chupacabra. I did the I'm episode telling of it. Paul on High James. Street. Okay, sorry. And by the way, go back and listen to that episode. I guarantee you, you did not say devil dog once in it's, your story of High Street. Right. I just still love that you explain, like, it's a goat sucker, as if that's going to clear it up. <laughs> well, do they so, look like a goat but suck things? Or no, they, they, suck they kill, There's they in- exsanguate uh, farm animals, mostly goats. Like, they find their blood oh. completely missing. Mm-hmm. It started in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And it people saw it Rico. started in Puerto Rico in the 90s, and yep. people said that they looked like well, little aliens bullshit, with then. scales. Yeah. And then in Texas, they've seen these weird canines that have probably mange, that are probably coyotes or hybrids of dogs and coyotes, or oftentimes raccoons with mange. And then they say it's a goat sucker. Okay, or I think, chupacabra. I, th- I think that's bullshit. Then okay, fair enough. Demons, but bullshit. Atlantis. Uh, that's believe it. Batsquatch. <sighs> Bullshit. Flying, flying Sasquatch. Bullshit. Life on other planets. Believe it. World peace. Bullshit. Peace in the multiverse. Believe it. Oh, all right. All right. Good all job. Right. Good job. Well Interesting. Um, I vote to get Bat Squatch and Loveland Frog off that list. Fuck no, dude. <laughs> God. You don't understand how self-reference. Bat Squatch. Dude. It's one of our episodes. Who is ever going to believe in Bat Squatch? Some, somebody did, didn't they? You <clears throat> did when you listened to these high strangeness oh, well, I told you. That's idiots. just to placate you. <laughs> no. Um, go back. Hey, listeners, why not go back and download that episode, Bat Squatch, with David Hull, and decide for yourself. See what he's doing there? All right. Nice.
We have to talk <laughs> after this show. Um, Man. So I'm fascinated because UFOs and aliens, you come down hard no, but with unicorns and mermaids. Well, I mean, like, I feel like that is possible through uh, evolution. And and I feel like mermaids are very linked to Atlantis. Maybe they don't exist now, but like. So you believe in Aquaman? I don't believe that Aquaman's alive now. (laughs) Yeah. But like. There's so much of the so you're sea telling me Aquaman of is the dead? deep sea that we haven't <laughs> yeah, explored. Yeah, yeah, right. You know what I mean? Like abyss. Like style. Kevin Costner in Waterworld. He got so used to the water, he he developed some fins. exactly some gills, grew some gills. You know, um, or I'm like you, Paul James, 100%. or like in the abyss that there are entities that live deep, deep, deep down. I mean, some right. people think that UFOs might come from underwater. They might actually be from life and yeah. civilization well, that's, that's way more deep terrifying. within the water, in the ocean. That's fat. There's a there's a there's a movie oh it hasn't been made yet there's a movie that i read a script for (laughs) that is uh okay so the three things paul can't remember three things paul doesn't remember his dreams (laughs) which presidents he's met and the screenplays he's written yeah no not written no i read oh okay got it it, it, it. it. i didn't but it was really good and i was and they cool. had underwater aliens in well, there. Well, huh? I don't want to ruin well, that's it because right. it's, right. it's underwater. Basically, but like they right. were, they were always on Earth. They were like right. They've gotcha. always been here, kind always of thing. There. Um, that yeah, that micro microphone stand. Um, got a droopy mic. Um, believer in angels in he- heaven, but not demons in hell. No, I don't believe in hell, and that's I don't believe in hell. That's probably how I was raised, and like with yeah. I mean, I don't either. Religion and stuff like that. So. Certainly not. Uh, but if you're raised, most people, if they're raised to believe in heaven, are also raised to believe in hell. Yes. So I was raised a Christian scientist, which is oh. very strange, which is not a Scientologist. Um, and in Christian science, they don't believe in hell, but they believe that heaven exists and that it's all around us. So it's not like this thing in the sky necessarily. You right. Know? Yes. Heaven is yes. Um, place on Earth. Earth. I think yeah. we can pretty much all agree that heaven is not up in the clouds. If yeah. It exists. Yeah. Heaven's like. Uh, uh, like a cinnamon sprinkles cupcake, which they the state just of mind. did away with, and now they only have triple cinnamon, which makes me very sad. I'm glad we finally heaven. have a platform for you to express your anger on this issue. <laughs> yeah. Also, Malo Close, which was my favorite restaurant. Dude, can and we I talk just, about that? I don't shit? know that LA is for me anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Now Amoeba Records is next, although they're moving. But are they on. moving to where? I, well, they don't know yet. They don't know yet. They're losing that space. Yeah, yeah. it's done. They're gonna put in a. Fu- they're gonna tear it down and put in a high rise. Oh, that's what we need more of. I know. Yeah, don't have in Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, it's so great because now you can't even see the Hollywood sign when you're in Hollywood because all the buildings are... This is local chat with Bryce Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> all the new segments right. that are boring use are Franklin. yours. <laughs> I can't believe that. That's good, so good sad. Advice. That's yeah. real sad. Malo, the home of the beef and pickle taco. Boy, did I, I love I mean, that. I didn't know Malo's close. And I the habanero cream salsa, yeah. which I have to figure out the recipe. Oh, man, too. I'm a habanero so guy. Good. Oh, it was so good. And it would sneak up on you and like make your life miserable, but it was so fun. I know a former manager of Malo who's been on the show. And the, over on the BCC, the other side, and I bet I can find out for you. Please, please Friend of the do. show, Chris Ogilvie. Please do. I bet please he knows. Do. All right, another quick break. When we're back, it is time for High Strangeness. Wait. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. I was just saying, I feel like if I saw a unicorn in the forest, like I wouldn't think that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, right. Do you know what I mean? Same thing with the mermaid. Like that, that wouldn't be like, if I saw an alien, I'd be like, okay, that, that shit is the craziest thing I've ever seen. But if I saw a unicorn, it'd be like, I would think like, oh, I was lucky. Yeah, I saw one. Checks out. Yeah. You know? Only the, only the good people get to see them. Yeah. I would be yeah. like, unicorns fucking exist? Bryce was right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they exist? Sure. I think they did at one point. Uh, I, you listen. On, I think it's an alchemic symbol. I think it's like a, on a hyper reality uh, scale. Code. I think anything can exist. Yeah. Okay, what fair What is existence? So I mean, if somebody sees a a, a unicorn or a mermaid on a, on a trip or in an alternate dimension, what what about that is not real? Yeah, and also the other thing about it, it it doesn't take much for a unicorn to grow like a horn in its head. Right. Whereas, like a peg, if you had asked me Pegasus, I would have said like that's insane. To- right, <laughs> right. So, physics do not support that. Right. that is possible. So the unicorn doesn't need to have like magical powers. It just is a horse with. Oh, a horn. It does, I'm not saying yeah. like it it like poops rainbows or anything like that. It just it's got a horn. Yeah, and it's, horse with a horn. I mean, there's know. a whale with a with a with a unicorn. It's the You're not a unicorn, yeah. Bryce. We've been over this. Yeah. Still but I mean, if a whale can a do it, so can a horse. I'm yeah. with you on the wing thing too, because there's. There's no whales with wings. No. And that checks out. And no. whales are like horses, and therefore, I mean, they're birds. Wings do happen. Birds are whales yeah, with wings. All that, all that uh, limbage. If you're going to compare a no. horse to a whale, why aren't you comparing birds to whales? Because it just doesn't make sense. That's not how it works, Michael. Oh, God. <laughs> it's not aerodynamic enough, you know? And plus, birds or their bones are so brittle, that's why they can They're fly. flying fish. But they only bins are closer. Oh, wait a minute! Whales actually <laughs> so have something. <laughs> whales actually have something that are closer to wings mm, on their mm. bodies. Therefore, unicorns. Done. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. If you're saying a wh- one whale can grow a horn, and all whales have fins or flippers that look more like wings, I don't. Then, follow. by your logic, why wouldn't a horse be able? If a horse can grow a horn like a whale, then why couldn't a horse grow wings? Because it's like a whale. It's like their t-shirt. bones. Their bones are too dense Thank to you, fly. Paul James. I'm not yeah. looking for Finally, a real a answer yeah. from our guests. are too heavy to fly. <laughs> I'm just I'm giving you all the science that I I'm know. I'm just punching <laughs> some holes in this <laughs> logic, of which this show has none left. Okay, here we go. Guys. <sighs> what do you got for us today? I've been wondering what this Scrabble-looking thing is. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. We shall you. find out, my I'm, friend. I'm excited. <laughs> Tonight is on is like any other night, which is another night for high strangeness. Good. This week, I'm going to tell you gentlemen about, and our listeners at home, Attack at Ape Canyon. Oh, wow. Fred Beck story. 
It is my intention in this book not only to tell you about the historic encounter I had with these mysterious creatures, but also to reveal to the public what I believe they are. Truth often is stranger than fiction, but the strangeness comes from the clouds surrounding our minds, not from the mystery itself. Thus begins former gold miner Fred Beck's account, I Fought the Ape Man of Mount St. Helens, a self-published book written in 1967. Over 40 years after Fred Beck and a small crew of miners allegedly fended off a pack of angry, angry Sasquatches on a July night in 1924 in rural Washington State. Yep. 1924. Gold miners Fred Beck, Gabe Lefevre, John Peterson, Marion Smith, and Smith's son Roy had been out hiking all day in the wilds of Washington. For the past couple weeks, they'd been prospecting a claim called Vander White, located two miles east of Mount St. Helens near a deep canyon. While trekking through the woods, the men came upon large, unidentifiable tracks. The men were experienced woodsmen and knew that no known animal would have made such giant footprints in the earth. And amid the hubbub, Beck was in pain. His tooth was coming down with an infection. And he was fighting off an ever-growing toothache. So relate to this And he was really making himself more scared of the dentist than he needed to be. Because he, like all of us, fears the unknown. Beck bugged his companions to pack up and head back to town so he could see a dentist. But everyone was too excited about the claim and its gold prospects. And they refused to leave. Back at the cabin... Beck ate gingerly as his tooth grew worse. Over supper, the men discussed the strange sounds they had been hearing all night, or at night, all week in the woods outside the canyon, and wondered if those sounds might be connected to the strange tracks discovered earlier that afternoon. Whoop, whoop. Odd calls, whoops, hollers, and screams. Beck wrote... We heard a shrill, peculiar whistling each evening. We would hear it coming from one ridge, and then hear an answering whistling from another ridge. We also heard a sound which I could best describe as a booming, thumping sound, just like something was hitting itself on its chest. Little did the men know, they were soon going to have, to fa have a face to accompany the strange clues that they'd been picking up. That they were not alone. Beck, and one of the miners who he refers to, uh, whom he refers to as Hank, under a pseudonym, and I assume it's either John Peterson or Gabe Lefever, uh, but I'm not sure. They headed out to the spring to get water. We walked to the spring, and then Hank yelled and raised his rifle, and at that instant I saw it. It was a hairy creature and he was about a hundred yards away on the other side of a little canyon standing by a pine tree. It dodged behind the tree and poked its head out from the side of the tree. And at the same time, Hank shot. I mean, these guys are old school. They shoot. They just yeah. shoot. 
See something, they shoot it. Or they're from Florida. (laughs) (laughs) I could see the bark fly out from the tree uh, from each of his three shots. Now, someone may say that that was quite a distance to see the bark fly, but I saw it. The creature I judged to have been about seven feet tall with blackish-brown hair disappeared from our view for a short time, but then we saw it running fast and upright about 200 yards down the little canyon. I shot three times before it disappeared from view. We took the water back to the cabin and explained the affair to the rest of the party, and we all agreed, including Hank, to go home the next morning as it would be dark before we could get to the car. And thank God, too, because my goddamn tooth hurt. I added that. Now, again, the ca- the cabin was small but sturdily built. Yeah, they built it themselves. Windowless. And it had a stove, some bunk beds, and that's about it. The only way in or out was the front door. Now, that night, Beck's crew awoke with a start. Large stones were being hurled at the cabin wall. Chinkling from between the logs rattled and crumbled to the floor. The men of the party grabbed their rifles as the cabin began to come under a full-fledged assault. The ape-man had returned, and this time he brought a crew of his own. Hell yeah. The men would later offer a description of these mountain devils to the Oregonian reporter. They are covered with long black hair. Their ears are about four inches long and stick straight up. They have four toes, short and stubby. I feel like I could have a little bit more detail, <laughs> but that's what the newspaper reported. The eight men pummeled the cabin with rocks and stones and body slams. Beck felt like they were trying to tear the damn thing to the ground. The men bunkered down, rifles ready. Beck said, The only time we shot our guns that night was when the creatures were attacking our cabin. While they would quiet down for a few minutes, we would quit shooting. I told the rest of the party, now maybe if they saw that we were only shooting when they attacked, they might realize we were only defending ourselves. We could have had clear shots at them through the opening left by the chinkling we had chosen to shoot, but we did shoot, however, when they climbed up on our roof. We shot round after round through the roof. We had to brace the huge long door with a long pole taken from the bunk bed. The creatures were pushing against it, and the whole door vibrated from the impact. We responded by firing many more rounds through the door. He does seem to be a little confused of when when they didn't shoot. To me, it sounds like they were shooting all (laughs) the time. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Just shooting. I'm pretty much sure they were just going crazy. At one point, a hairy arm wedged its way through a hole in the wall and found the grip of a mounted axe. Fred went on, Before the thing could pull the axe out, I swiftly turned the head of the axe upright so that it caught on the logs, and at the same time, Hank shot, barely missing my hand. The creature let go, and I pulled the handle back in and put the axe in a safe place. Within reaching distance of a small child... (laughs) A humorous thing I well remember was Hank singing If you leave us alone, we'll leave you alone And we'll all go home in the morning He did not mean it to be humorous For Hank was dead serious 
and sang under the impression that the mountain devils, as he called them, might understand and go away. Beck felt like they were trying to tear the whole damn cabin to the ground, but the structure of the tiny residence managed to hold the creatures off until dawn finally came. Beck eventually returned with law enforcement and found the uh, crevice where he claims that one of the creatures fell into, but no body was ever found. Because in the morning, they go outside the cabin, and they could see across the ridge there was another one, and they open-fired uh, his buddy Hank shot it and this thing tumbled backwards into the canyon dying so they go back into town they get the they tell the rangers the rangers say well if you know if you can figure out what these animals are let us know and they kind of scoffed at that and Beck came back the next day with the local law enforcement I think it's the sheriff and the uh, deputy sheriff and he pointed out to where that uh, creature that they shot and killed in the early morning fell down. The deputy sheriff climbed down there and didn't find a body. Now, that didn't prevent the story from spreading, however. And the posses that followed, searching the mountains and valleys for similar hair beings, went well into the weeks that, that came after. In fact, the canyon where the attack took place was renamed Ape Canyon. And therefore, the legend will remain part of that land forever, or until some other great encounter takes place in those hollow grounds. Beck's story may have kicked off a fleeting ape-man craze in Washington, and believers and non-believers alike point to this tall tale as either proof of the creature's existence or the all-too-common hoaxes that keep Bigfoot lore alive. However... In his book, Where Bigfoot Walks, Crossing the Dark Divide, researcher Robert Michael Pyle points out that stories of these hairy men have existed in that Washington area long before Beck's crew were allegedly assaulted. <coughs> read you guys from this book. This is a great book. Uh, Bryce, have you ever read this, Where Bigfoot Walks? I have not, no. Oh, dude, you would dig the F out of this. This was uh, written in 1970, so we're like hot off the heels of Patterson-Gimlin. Bigfoot's really come back into the zeitgeist after being sort of dormant since the 1950s. Mm -hmm. And um, this he's updated this book a couple times. I think the latest edition was in uh, 1995, but this is from Where Bigfoot Walks by Robert Michael Pyle. Pyle writes, uh, Mount St. Helens' connection with Bigfoot goes much further back. In his 1854 memoir, Wanderings of an Artist Among the Indians of the North America, of North America, Paul Kane wrote of St. Helens, Indians assert that it is inhabited by a race of beings of different species who are cannibals and whom they hold in great dread. William Halliday, director of the Western Speleological Survey, claimed in his 1983 pamphlet that Ape Cave and the Mount St. Helens apes that the miners' attackers uh, were were at the miners' attackers were actually local youths, one of whom came clean in 1982. There was apparently there's a rumor that yeah, there was ridiculous. a local <laughs> church group of teenagers that dressed in bearskins and tormented the miners. That's so ridiculous. And that rumors persisted that their apes were up there to keep people away from gold claims. And um, uh, Pyle writes that uh, 
That's the third confession of would-be hoaxers that he's heard, each with a different account. The incident inspired a fascinating... What kind of camp counselor would let these kids (laughs) get shot at? You know what I mean? I know, it's crazy. doesn't make any sense. Now, the incident inspired a fascinating response from a Native American writer. Uh, Jorg Totsky, or Jorg Totsky... Editor of Yo, Real American... Well, he's Native American, that so I don't sound know Native what he's Swedish. <laughs> uh, he was half, maybe? Maybe. Editor of The Real, Ameri- of the Real American of Hawkwam, Washington, and a member of the uh, Klallam tribe, wrote in the Oregonian of July, 19, uh, July 16, 1924, so around the time that this happened, that big apes reported to have bombarded a shack of prospectors in Mount St. Helens are recognized by Northwestern Indians as none other than the Sihatlik tribe of Indians. Now, of course, I apologize if I'm uh, butchering um, the pronunciation here. Uh, We have long kept the history of the Sihatlik tribe a secret because the tribe is a skeleton in our closet. Totsky wrote, Every Indian, especially the Puget Sound tribes, is familiar with the history of these strange giant Indians. He went on to relate experience and traditions passed on by Shaker Indians at the gathering, at a gathering on the Skokomish uh, Reservation by Henry Napoleon, by his own relatives, and by others in Oregon whom he visited during his research on the Sihatliks. He reported a consensus among his informants that the Sihatliks' huge, hairy bodies and their ability to kill game by hypnotism and their gift of excellent ventriloquism. <laughs> they spoke. He reported the bear language of the Klalem as well as the bird language. They could imitate any bird, especially jays, and had a keen sense of smell and night vision. Some Northwest Indians, according to Totsky, believe that in ch- uh, believed in believed that in changing from animal to man, the Sihatlik did not absorb the soul power and thus became an anomaly in the Indian's process of evolution. So this is sort of the Native American lore behind whatever these creatures are. And what's fascinating to that about that to me is that this vocal mimicry uh, replicate or sounds very similar to the stories that we hear of Bigfoot or Sasquatches that can mimic babies crying in the forest and lead people into the forest because they think that there are babies in there that are crying and endangered. Um, the names and detail change, but the idea remains the same. Siatlik equates with Siatic, Siatic, Selatics, Selatic, Siatko, and Skaskahavas of other bands and tribes with the more modern version Sasquatch. The Coast Salish people (laughs) of the Skagit Valley speak of Siatko or Koaget, one who runs and hides. According to their legend, Sasquatch evolved from survivors of a raid on a Salish village conducted by a northern slaving tribe. Exiled to Whidbey Island, the villagers acquired night vision and the use of invisibility. As Dope. well as body hair, size, and strength. According to uh, a caption under a print of the retreating Siatko by artist Frank Anton Wool, with each decade the Sasquatch became larger, stronger, and spiritually more powerful, 
thus increasingly elusive. Now, I don't know about you guys, but that sounds like other Sasquatch stuff that we've heard about them being able to shapeshift or yeah. turn invisible or slip into other dimensions. Yeah. What's different than this is is, is, is a lot of people believe that, uh, you know, instead of evolving uh, from the, the primatological lineage, you know, this sort of mythology is, is more separated as a humanoid and, you know... And what, a recent one. And a recent that, one. Which is crazy. Yeah, went to the forest and developed these sort of super superpowers, super sensibilities. A vast body of lore, this is still from the book, pertains to Steyahama, also called Stick Shower Man or Stick Man. Stick Man. The Yakama word means a spirit hiding under the cover of the woods. Some say the stick refers to this habitat. Others that these creatures poke sticks into lodges to extract or harass victims or rain sticks down upon them. Um... Some Indians consider stick men to be spirits whose names should not even be mentioned. Anyway, so that's from uh, where Bigfoot walks. And our friend Fred Beck, he had an entirely uh, different theory on where these entities come from. Yeah, he did, yeah. In the third and final section of his book, Beck reveals to the reader that since he was a small child... He had been a clairvoyant. He claims that a series of higher dimensional entities guided Beck and his crew to that very gold claim in the first place. Angels. Angels, an old Indian spirit that he called the Great Guide. Um, and he said that he followed a glowing white arrow to the gold claim. Mm. Now, this is all in 1967. Mm-hmm. And he claimed that he had been hearing voices since a child. He lost his BB gun and a woman came to him and told him where the BB gun was. And it was back at his house. He was out in a field. So he called his pea shooter. Couldn't find him. He was a small boy and cried. And this woman appeared to him and said, don't worry. You're, it's back at your house. And he went home and found it there in his room. And then years later claims he discovered his original gun still out in that field, covered in dirt, old and rusted. Um, he claims that a series of higher dimensional entities guided uh, he and his crew to his gold claim in the first place, and that there was a connection between the psychic field and the ape men. The abominable snowmen are from a lower plane. When the condition and vibration is at a certain frequency, they can easily, for a time, appear in a very solid body. They are not animal spirits, but also lack the intelligence of a human consciousness. That contradicts a lot of stories we heard that Bigfoot is very smart. Well, so. even if you, what you were describing of him reaching in to grab the axe, like, doesn't that sound intelligent? Yes, I agree. I think that they're... Also, we have to probably assume that this guy's pretty old school and considers anyone who's not from Washington State less smart than he is. But uh, gotcha. when reading of uh, when reading of evolution... We have read many times conjecture about the missing link between man and the anthropoid ape. The snowmen are a missing link in consciousness, neither animal nor human. They are very close to our dimension and yet are part of a lower one. See, I'd argue that they come from a higher dimension than Mm. we do, or at least a neighboring one. But again, he's looking down on these entities. Uh, Beck goes on to support the idea that the bodies of these creatures are never found because, 
unlike uh, the story that we heard that they're ground grounded up uh, be- through b- in between ice glaciers. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah. Um, uh, they're never found because they either slip back into their dimensions at will or dematerialize upon death, much like Yoda. Huh. In his years since in his years since his encounter at Abe Canyon, Beck says that he has been visited by the masters, who have taught him much about the existence of the dimensions of uh, of our neighboring dimensions in the spirit realm. He closes his book with this paragraph, and I'll leave it here. Okay. A report recently showed five million Americans claim to have seen flying saucers. Material things usually make a big splash in the material world, and spiritual things often do not make a ripple there. Why? We can give proof of a phenomenon, but its nature is immersed in the spiritual and can only be explained by laws of the spiritual. But these happenings that seem strange to people is serving a very useful purpose. It is causing more people to think And that is a path in the right direction. The abominable snowmen are just one small mystery among many. Mm. There you go. I kept thinking you were saying the abominable snowmen. The abominable. (laughs) The Obama. He's from Chicago. That's abominable. Well, because they also called up until Bigfoot became a popular moniker in the 1950s. They used to call these entities... Either wild men, snowmen, and they would snowmen. call them the American abominable snowman. So, is like, the abominable snowman not, not in America? It's from uh, the Himalayas. Yeah, the Himalayas. Oh, so, um, and then it became the Yeti. Kind of became popular first, and the Yeti is the one from the Himalayas. Oh. And then they started calling these guys the American abominable snowman. Where's Harry? Until from Bigfoot Harry became and Cor- the Henderson, uh, Pacific Northwest. He's a classic. He's a he's a Bigfoot. Oh, nice. A good old American. Not, yeah, uh, one of those yeah, foreign. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. keep, keep yes. those ones out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we like to ask our guests, "What the hell was that? What do you think about this story?" The first thing that I thought about, I thought two things, and this is not super related but it was interesting that it was happening in washington but everyone was talking to the oregonian I well know what was going on with the washington well it's the you know <laughs> oregon and washington obviously being close neighbors they both the, i think another washington paper also covered it but the story was first reported they got in, the scoop in the yeah they got in the oregon reporter there's got, like a great there's a great movie with like Michael Keaton <laughs> called the Oregonian paper <laughs> that I want to see made about like this phenomena. Yeah. Or the Oregonian maybe. And then I felt like, wouldn't it, that would be like the coolest like mutant power to have if you had, um, hypnotism and you could ventriloquist. <laughs> That's all you have. That's, all you, That's need. all you have. And like, let's see how many people you can. That's a straight up Batman villain. <laughs> That's like, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, what, I mean, I also think before the proliferation of human beings, right, there might be other things that were sort of living around that because we've probably destroyed the habitat on our own anymore. Right. But like, you know. I mean, there's a lot of prospecting, a lot of logging and mining happening. Yeah, a lot of disrupting of nature yeah. so things could come out. And native tribes had been not that long before driven out of a lot of these areas but i mean it it does kind of make you think you know um because we did the story of mushalot harry over on the patreon over on the other side and that's around this same time and again we came up with um 
stories of um, indigenous tribes all saying that this sort of cannibalistic um, tribe, spinoff tribe of Indians were living out there, native people. Um, and it makes you wonder, like, what if, huh? Bends. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, yeah. I mean, this is right? exactly like there's stories of this that sound because they're in in um in in the book I just read from the where Bigfoot walks. They I skipped this passage, but there's stories of of the the native people would native peoples would talk about how they would play pranks on them and then also come in and steal their women. And sometimes the women would come back and sometimes the women wouldn't. And then sometimes the women would come back and give birth to hybrids. Mm. And that stuff reminded me a lot about the Fens and the wildlings yeah. from game of Thrones. They just kind of had echoes of, of, uh, of those stories of like wildling women or, you know, like uh, women running off with wildling men and wild and, and men from the South running off with wildling many uh, wildling men in game of Thrones or women um, or both. Uh, but, um, <laughs> Whatever, whatever you're gonna do, rally, yeah. Rally, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Just, yeah. it's fascinating to There's me like... because it all, it makes me think like, all right, from an anthropological uh, anthropological standpoint viewpoint, what if there was like this like badass tribe that was still living out there that like really knew its way around the forest, really knew the sounds of the forest, had been taught like like ninjas, sure. you know what I mean? Yeah, why not? You know what I mean? And we know how, uh, <laughs> you know, um, let me say unworldly people could be, especially back in the 1920s. You know, they were calling Indians savages back then. Like, is it really that much more of a leap to go? They're eight men, especially if they were wearing like no bear not, furs or anything. Yeah, they were larger. Too. Yeah, yeah. If they were like if they're sending but out their warriors to fuck with these guys. This is weird, right? I feel like, and this could be total ignorance yeah but i feel like oh we are we're fueled this native podcast americans is fueled like by, are not a hairy people well but i'm oh, saying yeah. it, but the, but they're covered with covered furs like furs bear and furs, furs and oh, buffalo furs. okay um i don't know but it, it is something to think about i definitely would know? not put that past the times for that to be you know to be like fuck yeah. you guys listen this is a classic tale of Bigfoots attacking prospectors, and you you know you 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 forgot to mention, but it's true. All of his all of his prospecting party went on record to validate and confirm the same thing. So if if this is hallucination, uh, then it happened to the entire party because they all. Uh, I'm not saying it didn't happen. Oh no, I know. I'm saying, but what what I'm saying is there there was about you know the five people that that were there. I think it's four or five. Uh, they all said that they saw the same thing. You know, there's a there's a famed Bigfoot researcher. I can't think of his name right now, but he believes that he may have found uh, the Fred Beck ca- uh, log cabin that still exists today. Uh, oh, near, near Fred Mount Beck St. says Helens. it burnt down. It burned down, but the remains are still oh, there. Okay. The foundation plot is still there, and Bigfoot's sort of been like the. Uh, you know the holy grail for Bigfoot researchers is they're all looking for this Fred Beck Canyon, but uh, this guy Fred thinks Beck he might. Have yeah, Week and Weird actually reported about it on July tenth, two thousand thirteen. Mm. Now um, you know I'll throw this link up in there. I uh, was watching over the weekend, and uh, you know w- when my wife was away, and I was watching all my Bigfoot movies. But uh, it was called <laughs> Missing Four One One: The Hunted, and David Politis he goes to talk to Ron Moorhead. Now Ron Moorhead is famous for. Uh, 
you know, the recordings, the audio recordings of he got of these proposed Bigfoot creatures, they're called the Sasquatch sounds, the Sierra sounds. And he goes and interviews Ron Moorhead. Now, I used to sort of take light the the Sasquatch sounds, but when you hear and you see him interview this guy, Ron Moorhead, and he shows you that this little tree fort structure that him and his men built because they were, uh, they used this this ground that no, they didn't want to let anybody else know where it was. And so they sort of created a little uh, cabin themselves uh, just out of these huge tree barks and huge tree stumps, had a little doorway and everything. Um, and they kept, they kept seeing these orbs at night too, these orbs of light. And then they would hear these sounds, these strange sounds. So the next year he brought back uh, a tape recorder, an audio recorder, and he picked up what's now famously known as the Sierra sounds, which are these strange, eerie, uh, communicative sounds of these Sasquatch that seem to be sort of taunting and haunting them at this local spot near Mount St. Helens. Yeah. Um, but it is strange when you hear his when you hear his eyewitness account and you play it against those sounds that they were picking up and you you're in those locations. But what I love too is also I never knew that he saw orbs and these strange lights that accompanied uh the Bigfoot activity. It's so weird. And when you get Fred Beck, a lot of people don't know about the the Fred Beck um, you know, an angel told him where the gold mine was and stuff like that. And it gets a little, but this guy was on to something, right? This guy was on to like the shape-shifting interdimensional frequency, mimicry, uh, infrasound, all that shit that people are reporting nowadays that, that come toe and toe, uh, with the Bigfoot thing is like, he was reporting it almost a hundred years ago. Robert Michael Pyle wrote in where Bigfoot walks in the introduction, he and his wife went up to the Mount St. Helens area Mm -hmm. because they were going to do some camping and hiking and, 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 uh, and some investigating and researching up there. And, um, not probably not far from where because that cabin was supposed to be like two miles away from Mount St. Helens. But he and his wife camped for the night. All these like deer hunter came in and made all this noise. And he's like, well, fuck. And then those guys left and he was left alone away because his wife slept. And he said, um, and then the cries began. Nope. From the southwest <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm up toward the plains of Abraham, they boiled out of the night like bats from a deep and silent cave, each one an invisible note on the staff of the black sky. At first the calls resembled shrill barks, but not canine in the least. Then they accelerated in tempo, grew in volume, and rose in pitch until they sounded more like whistles. Yeah. I'd been studying ornithology and mammalogy with Professor Frank Richardson, a great naturalist, and we had gone over the vocab- known vocabularies of Washington's birds and mammals. I'd heard many in the field and had listened to the recordings of most of the others. I ran again through the species that might have produced a tortured concert. Elk, coyote, red fox, bobcat, puma, the winter owls. The calls I was hearing were not in the repertory of any of these as far as I knew. My back was crawling as well as yowling itself. He had a bad back that night. So I lay still and listened. The sound of the chorus changed again to suggest the crying of babies. Yep. Snow- that superpower of ventriloquism. The right? snowmobilers yeah. had long since left. There was no one up there. The cries persisted for many minutes, subsided, resumed, then played on into the pre-dawn. They might have been a dream. They were so strange and unworldly or rather, deeply visceral. 
but different from anything I knew in the world. Yet this was no dream, nor was it the wine, little and long gone. Pretty great, nice right? The end there. Yeah. I feel like it was no, this guy's a great writer. <laughs> you didn't need the wine part. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now you and have I was me only a little think, drunk. I'm thinking about yeah. it differently. Crazy. Yeah, she, he said his wife never woke up during the rack, and finally I dropped <sighs> off to sleep. Didn't. And when I awoke, it was dawn, and the world was silent. I listened, crawled deep into my down cocoon, and slept again. I mean, uh, this is a great book. You should check this out. It's well. um, really well written. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that's Attack on Abe Canyon, another high strangeness awesome, for the well books. Uh, Paul, thank you so much uh, hey, for being on the... Any final me. thoughts yeah. about, about that? Did you? Uh, I mean, it's... You know, I, I remember when I was a kid camping. I was a ca- camp counselor, and we, we were trying to find, like, a new camp site we were with like little kids and we found this like mossy area that we were gonna like you know like be in for the night and then one of the older counselors i was like a cit came and was like we gotta leave we gotta leave right now take the kids and it was like a wolf's lair and so we like uh uh, you know hiked maybe four miles away and then at night all the wolves came from that place and like surrounded us while there's like seven-year-old kids in my lap crying it was the craziest thing ever but it just reminded me of like if you're in the the woods and you hear sounds around you it's like there's nothing more terrifying really because you just know you're like you're going like if, if they are going to try to kill you you are going to die you're in the food you're back in the food oh. chain immediately oh, you're back in the food chain immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's nothing you can do you wait know? what was the resolution to that story they didn't a, a fox we, came we by. were around a fire <laughs> yeah. 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 could you imagine <laughs> we were around a fire so they didn't like oh, you could okay. see their eyes i mean kids were crying Oh, it was terrifying. But because I was a counselor, I was like, I'm not scared, even though I was like, you know, terrified. Yeah. But just, I mean, that's why I don't go camping to this day because I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. Also, it's uncomfortable. I'd like to glamp. Um, <laughs> Paul, nice. thank you so much for thanks, joining thanks us for on the show. Me, uh, is great. there anything coming up uh, coming out soon that you would like to plug or have people yes. look out for? Yeah, my new show, Soundtrack. It oh, is shit. a paranormal... It's not. It's, oh. A, oh, uh, uh, it's a musical drama, so it's the same audience, right? <laughs> nice. It's hey, a musical drama. Well, we've got some Crazy uh, X fans that listen right. to the show, so... Yeah, it's a musical drama on Netflix coming out uh, Christmas time. Oh, Fantastic, get the fuck out. That's man. great. Congratulations. Thank you. Watch out for that. Um, Bryce, Riley, anything to plug? Uh, we're playing Psycho Las Vegas 15th through the 18th, so that's coming right up. If you're coming, we're on main stage on Friday night. Super and by excited we, about you that. mean Spindrift, my not band. Bigfoot Collective. Not Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, yeah. My band is <laughs> yeah. playing. Hell yeah. Spindrift. Definitely check that out. Super uh, Bryce, any uh, tease of when we might learn? What Not the fuck yet. you've been up uh, to? You will be, listen, you, you guys will be the first to know. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, help raise our profile on iTunes by subscribing uh, and leaving a comment on what you think about rate our and review. rate and review. Please do. And it's called Apple Podcasts now. Yes. No more. Uh, oh, yeah. There's no iTunes. more iTunes. Now, right? Well, there is, but it's not it's where we're, it's all confusing. Yeah. Um, and to that uh, notion, uh, definitely, if you've had a paranormal experience of your own or something you'd like to share with us, please write to us or leave us a voice memo. We we want some more voice memos from you guys. Yeah, those are you fun. can record, open up your record app on your phone, record yourself talking, and then send it to us at BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. Boom. And uh, we will play that on a future episode. If it's good. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much. Until next week, I remain Michael McMillan for Bryce Johnson and super, du- super producer Riley Bray. Thank you again to our guest, Paul James. Until next time, you know what to do, ladies and gentlemen. Go get regressed. 
Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their case has had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible, and if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.